Hello, 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 and welcome back to another week of the Heal with Cat podcast. My name is Kat. I am your host. It's 1122, which is my new angel number, and we know we are getting this morning off to a beautiful start. Um, happy Tuesday, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so grateful to have you back. I am coming down off of a beautiful high of just recording with friend, craniosacral therapist, subconscious facilitator, and Akashic Records consultant, Carla Cole. You guys, this episode is a wealth of information. We get into what is traditional craniosacral therapy, how Carla's style has developed and is is incredibly intuitive, and how it's different from other maybe more traditional craniosacral therapy practitioners, the process of working with clients, what sessions look like, common myths about craniosacral therapy. We get into the development of the subconscious and how it's connected to the body and how emotions are tied to the body in such a deep way with such gentle touch. We get into the Akashic Records and you guys have to bear with me on that part of the episode because I literally get so excited talking about the Akashic Records because it is such a beautiful opportunity and tool and gift that we're given by spirit. It's so wonderful. So as with everything that I do, there is one foot in the physical and one foot in the spiritual. And that's the same with all my healers, even Reiki. There's a very human part of it and there's a very spiritual part of it. And of course, I was guided to work with Carla basically by Googling craniosacral therapy San Diego. And Carla was the very first person that stood out to me. I went to her website. I just vibed with it. There was nothing particularly spiritual about what what her about me was or about sessions it was just kind of you know a vibe and energy and i was like well i like her website i like the colors she looks cool and she's an encinitas and i know all the best healers in san diego are most likely an encinitas so i just followed my intuition and showed up to the first session and she was like actually like i'm not traditional craniosacral i'm like very intuitive and i work with subconscious and higher self and i'm so excited to um, tell you that i'm having my healer kevin russell from radical enlightenment who works with the subconscious and higher self on uh in a couple of weeks if not next week the week after so it kind of felt all synonymous and i was like okay so there's a lot of themes coming up for me around the mind-body connection you know, the higher self integration and how the subconscious is running my life right now. And I've had four sessions with Carla. And let me tell you that four two hour sessions with her have shifted and changed my ability to accept, love, feel, tap in, integrate, and connect with my body in a way that. I haven't really felt before and I I do work with a somatic therapist and I love her and she brings a whole different realm of tools and, and maybe I can have her on the podcast one day. But this is just a very hands-on real experience, like real time into the connection between the subconscious and the physical body. I actually heard about craniosacral therapy through uh, friend, my friend Nikki Norenberg. I'm a part of her. We we randomly connected actually from like my personal Instagram because of my family's winery. And then we ended up kind of moving into when the Heal with Cat stuff happened, she started following that and we just kind of kept in contact. She was also trained by Nikki Novo. I was trained by Nikki Novo and did her courses. So um, 
it, there's a very synonymous energy between Nikki and I, and and I really love her and think she's just a bright light in this world, such a sunshine. And I'm part of her Movers and Shakers membership now, which just started. So everything that Nikki does, I've, I've kind of just been like, yeah, like I vibe with this girl. Like I would be friends with her. Like if we lived in the same city, she lives in Austin. Um, very outdoorsy, works with free people. Like definitely go check out Nikki Norenberg. She's amazing. Um, but she was talking about craniosacral. And when I was in Colorado, we ended up just like briefly chatting about how I had heard about the term before. I hadn't really felt like it was what I had needed in the past, but I was open to talking about it, open to hearing more about it. And she was telling me all the benefits of it and someone that she was going to work with in Austin. And I was like, well, shit, I'm in Colorado by myself for the next three and a half weeks before Tyler gets here. Like, maybe I should just see if there's someone out here in Glenwood that like, or Aspen area that like I can do a session with. So I ended up finding this woman who I, I may have her on the podcast, but I'm definitely going to go back and see when I move to Colorado in October. Um, Her house is situated like up in the mountains, like far away from any, any stores or like suburban life whatsoever which I love. And she's also, she has her own intuitive method for craniosacral therapy. And she used a pendulum and a lot of energy work and used similar hand gestures to Carla, but like in her own way, which I think is so beautiful and I, and I love. And I did that session and I remember thinking, I feel so open to the universe and open to my higher self and so at peace. And it was Honestly, it really helped me make a huge shift in my life, like in the way that I connect my nervous system and my body to my thoughts. And I always find that after a craniosacral session, I just feel more open, open hearted, open minded, and I feel less monkey mind and more just the chatter is the chatter noise is down and the peace meter is up, if that makes any sense. I feel like someone needed to hear that. So, um, I've had two different craniosacral sessions, like uh, therapist experiences, and each one brought me a beautiful experience. Working with Carla, we just vibed right off the bat. Like we just, when, when I'm in there, it's, it's going to be two hours. Like she does, I think she does like hour and a half sessions. We never do that. We spend 30, 40 minutes in the beginning of the, the session before we even do the intake, like talking and catching up and I just vibe with her so much and she's no bullshit and she's very honest in the most loving and approachable and like gentle way and she really is gifted. I mean, she is she is a modern day like she's not a witch. Like I don't like that term. She's like a modern day like she's a modern day healer. Honestly, like I feel like her soul may have been like a a healer for multiple, multiple, multiple lives. Like she's just coming back and like doing healing in a different way in each life. And I didn't know this about her. And she says this in the beginning of the episode, but her, she comes from a lineage of healers. Like her great, great, great grandmother were all considered quote unquote helpers or healers, which I think is so beautiful and so magnificent and just such a testament to that the fact that we come into these lives to do this work and to tap into our soul's purpose. And when you meet Carla, you just know right off the bat, she's legit. She's like my hidden gem in San Diego. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode. 
I think there's so much valuable information. And the nice thing is she makes a lot of this very sciencey stuff very tangible. So I hope you love the episode. I hope that it speaks to you. And if you feel called to do family, uh, family constellation, here we go. It's, it's it, honestly, that was like kind of like a little bit of like a, a subconscious slip because I'm learning that family constellation is very similar to craniosacral in a lot of ways. Um, but if you're interested in doing a craniosacral uh, therapy session with Carla, I have her link to her website in the show notes. I also have the school that she learned craniosacral therapy, the more traditional part of it on the Upledger Institute in the show notes as well. And then you can also follow her on Instagram. She's a Photoshop freaking wizard and has the funniest content ever. Um, And she's also building a retreat center in Hawaii and she's writing a book. So she is basically on the precipice of expansion in her business and in her life. And you want to know about her before it all blows up and becomes big because I'm telling you, This woman is one of the most legit people I've ever worked with, and she's like a hidden gem in Encinitas. So with that, thanks for listening. If you love the episode, please share it with a friend. Please share it on Instagram. You can tag me at heel underscore with underscore cat or leave a review. Let me know what you thought about the episode, your favorite part of the episode, and go give Carla a follow as well on Instagram. Her link is in the show notes. All right, guys. Enjoy. Thanks, and see you on the other side carla i am so excited to have you on the podcast i am honored that you're taking the time to come on the podcast with me because honestly i feel like we're gonna go down so many amazing magical avenues together um but welcome i'm so excited to have you here Thank you so much. That just like opened my heart so big. <laughs> I know. It's, I, I know that we're going to get through a lot of questions today. And, and I'm really just excited for the listeners to hear about how you took something very structural like craniosacral therapy and made it your own. And I we talked about this in our mm-hmm. session together last week, but you were like the first class, I wanted to go rogue. And then we had to wait until the second class to go rogue. But the first class, you already knew how you wanted to go rogue and create your own style. So I'm really just, um, I'm excited to dive into kind of the ins and outs of your experience and who you are. And then um, talk about the magical parts where you went rogue and discovered your own style of craniosacral too. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, looking forward to it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, the, I, I always start with these, this question with people that I have on the podcast and, um, it always kind of, especially people who are more in the spiritual realm, they always laugh at it because they're all, when I say like, who's Carla, like introduce yourself to what's your story. They're like, well, I'm a speck of the universe manifested into human form. And I, you know, (laughs) but if you could tell the listeners who you are and what your story is, um, not just who you are and your beautiful story as a human, but becoming a craniosacral therapist, a subconscious facilitator and an Akashic records consultant, which is so fucking cool. Yay. Yeah. So that's funny when you said that, because of course that's where my brain immediately got. I'm like, I am me. I'm the one experiencing, you know, but yeah. So going back to the, who I am or how I call myself. So I'm Carla Cole and I was first introduced to 
the course of craniosacral therapy in 2001. Previously, before that, my mother, I do have a lineage of women on my mother's side who we call them helpers. So they are, we are people who help people in their healing process. And then as far back as I know, my mother's great grandmother was one of the first that I, that we have record of, and they, she grew up in a small town in Chile. And so my great, great grandmother and my great grandmother were known as curanderas, which were women that people go to, to receive help in their process of healing. So back then there were no schools of thought. They um, just had this knowledge or got passed down the knowledge. And so it's been passed down through the generations and my mother, so at a very young age, my mother always used touch in order, gentle, soft touch to help us with what, whatever we needed, whether it was a sickness and whatnot. So my mother first took the courses way before me in craniosacral. Um, we both attended the Upledger Institute. That's where we have our formal training. And so she was the one that inspired me. Um, I actually took the courses before I even had a license. I'm a licensed massage therapist in both Hawaii and California. And I was pregnant with my first daughter when I first took the course. So it blew my mind the way this extremely gentle touch had such a profound effect not only on my physical body, but my mental body. And because I had another human inside of me, like what it, how it affected her. So that was my first introduction with craniosacral. Um, and when I received my massage license a couple of years later, it wasn't a modality that I was fully confident in because more people wanted that rigorous manual massage. So my, my go-to was the Lomi Lomi Hawaiian style of massage. Um, but I always put in craniosacral, like it always was a part. And that was the part that I noticed where people, it was like, they would slip out to wherever they would go to. And when the massage was over, they would come back and express like where they went or how deeply relaxed they were. And it was just, it was amazing. It was, it is one of the most profound modalities and I've experienced many um, that are, with, I'm just blown away all the time by how gentle and how deep it can be. So. Yeah. I mean, I experienced that in my sessions with you and my first craniosacral session, unfortunately wasn't with you, but it was with someone in Colorado who I had randomly found. And my friend Nikki yeah. told me to get craniosacral. So I happened to be in Colorado. I looked into this one person and had a great experience with her. Um, yeah. I'd probably work with her again if I went back to Colorado, mm -hmm. but with you, it was, it, I, I was so, um, 
blown away by not just the technique that you have with craniosacral and the placements of the hands and how gently you touch the body and it's like, oh my God, something awakens within you and it just starts coming to the surface. But how wild it is that I would be laying there having my own internal mental experience and my face may look stonewalled essentially and you would be able you would literally like move my head and then like I would have something come up and then you'd be like okay now now what are we feeling here and I'd be like how the fuck do you know that I'm having an experience right now? but you just are so in tune with the body and they're just the most gentle touches and it's like you know exactly what's happening like I'm almost convinced that you're not even speaking to a spirit of some kind you're literally speaking to my body and it's like really magical yes and and what what part of craniosacral that we're taught is that we they call it the inner physician like we all have this inner physician to get to the root causes which can also be called the higher self you know or you know even beyond that, the connection that we have with God, source, universe. And that is what's going on, is that I am dialoguing with your higher self to show me, tell me everything that I need to know to help you for your greatest and highest good. So it is, it's, and, and with that subtle touch, I can tell if I'm, t- if I'm using too much pressure, I can tell because I can't feel. And so I have to let up so that I can feel more because the the body moves in this most magnificent way. It has a rhythm, which we're taught about the craniosacral rhythm of this amazing expansion and contraction flow. And so that's what we are feeling for is how is that rhythm going? And so when the body makes these certain movements, it's like, okay, so what just went on there? You know, what just came? up what are you noticing what you know and that's how that's how the dialoguing part starts coming through to talk with the subconscious the deeper part that's yeah. often kept hidden you know from us so I, I want to get into that higher self and subconscious connection and I'm actually having our mutual friend Kevin Russell on the podcast in a couple of weeks yeah. he also works with the higher self and the subconscious but for uh, anyone who doesn't know what craniosacral is like what is the yeah. like, people are like people who've never had it before are probably like you're touching me gently like what what is that what, right what, what's happening are you right even now? doing anything <laughs> yeah. yeah I know Sometimes, I always I yeah, I get that. I get people being like, it was weird. It didn't even feel like you're doing anything, but it completely has changed my physical body, my emotional body. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it does. It's, it's wild too. I remember one of our sessions, I was dealing with this endometriosis stuff and kind of my womb connection and, and all of that mm-hmm. and my relationship to my mom and, and all of that coming up. I'm still healing a lot of that. But mm-hmm. I remember you just gently touched my hips. And then I had that weird solar plexus thing happen where I started like mm-hmm. jolting. And I went into that ball, but you just ever so slightly mm-hmm. created the intention energetically, like, Hey, this is where our body's going to go. And instead yeah. of forcing, like, I remember saying like, Oh, I'm just going to straighten out. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, let's, yeah. let's go into the ball. Like, let's see what happens there. And I remember it was just the most profound release and it's, and it's so energetic, but 
Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't see enough good things about working with you. Seriously, <laughs> I'm creating a sacral. For, yeah, so let's go yeah. back to my question. Yes. What yeah. is traditional craniosacral like for someone who's yes. never had it before? Yes. So craniosacral is a hands-on approach, a modality that is performed. You're fully clothed. So just know that if you go somewhere for craniosacral and they have to take off your clothes, that's not really what is going on. Just, just, just so you know. So it is fully clothed and the, it basically it's a, the modality that releases tensions and restrictions that are deep in the body and in the soft tissues that surround the central nervous system. So the central nervous system is your brain and the spinal cord. And so by those hand placements, by normalizing the environment around the brain and the spinal cord, this will enhance the body's own natural ability to self-correct. You don't need to force things. You know, they just, they just will occur with this very light pressure. And so um, when the body is able to self-correct, this alleviates an entire wide variety of dysfunctions. I mean, from chronic pain to sports injuries, to chronic stress, and even like neurological impairments. Um, so, but because now craniosacral is known to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is now a big buzzword because everybody wants to calm their nervous systems down. And, um, and it is a modality that helps to turn on that side. We already do a fine job of turning on the sympathetic nervous system, which attributes to what more people know as fight or flight, but it's so much more than that. It is really, we need both sides functioning, you know, to get our hearts moving, to get our blood pumping, all these great things also happen with the sympathetic nervous system. But if you spend too much time in either one, it's not a good thing. So we want balance. That's the point of balance. And if one goes higher then you want it to balance out so that the other one can go and they take turns you know that's the whole dance is that both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic can take turns so now that craniosacral is a, known as a modality that helps activate the parasympathetic it's increasingly being used to as a preventative health measure you know it's um because of its ability to bolster resistance to diseases and just for its wide range of, you know, being so effective in various medical problems um, that are associated with pain and dysfunction. So it, it's just wild what it can be helpful for. You know, in my practice, I see such a wide variety of things. Um, certain things I work more with others, but I mean, it, the list honestly goes on and on because craniosacral is also going with the notion that your body knows exactly how to heal itself. Nothing is wrong. Things may appear that way. You know, things may appear like, oh, I have a skin condition, so something's wrong with me. No, that's our body's way of communication. You know, it's trying to tell you that something deeper is happening. And so what is that, you know, even 
you know, with neck pain or these chronic pains, to me, it's not the body, like something's wrong with my body. The body is doing the best that it can with the environment that it's being given. So in craniosacral and in my own thought belief system is that the physical body is purely responding to what is actually happening in the mind. So a lot of my work, I would say the vast majority is helping people to even understand what they're thinking and believing because that's what the body is trying to get their attention. And typically it's been trying to get your attention for a long time, but we have a really good way of just pretending it's not there or it's not bad enough for me to do something about it. And so people wait till it's like, now I can't do anything, you know? So um, it is a way to regulate the nervous system and find answers deep within for sure. And I love how much you're all about the self-empowerment of it. I think Mm -hmm. in today's society, we're kind of made to think that bigger knows better, you know, the bigger Mm -hmm. pharma or, you know, I don't want to go down the hole, but you know, just, you know, the bigger it are, the more money you have, the more we can tell you what's wrong with you. And what I love about the healers that I work with, with you, with Kevin, with Marcella, who does my Reiki, like with my mentor, Mm -hmm. Carrie, it's all about how your body and your internal experience is the healer. You are the healer yes. of your own experience. Yes. But you have people like you, like all these people who are guiding you to making sense of it all and finding clarity yes. within it and bringing you back to center so you can find that clarity within. And that's I, that to me is the most healing thing ever. Yes. And I love that. And I love that part of the empowerment Um because I find that it's that helps the transformation of to heal is when a person comes to their own conclusions as opposed to being told what's going on with them. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need people to tell us I'm not, it's not an either or. It really is where each of us is attracted to. And if you're an individual that's attracted to that form of empowerment, to finding your own answers, um, then, and of course I can't speak for all craniosacral therapists, but the intention behind doing any kind of somatic work, which is getting information from the body, is to help people find the answers for themselves because that's what's going to create the transformation. And I really stay away from trying to use the word change that we're changing anything. You know, there, it's not, that's not the intention of the work to change. For me, the intention changes a byproduct changes just what occurs when someone is able to witness something, notice something, understand something, and come up with um, a solution for themselves that is in more alignment with their truth. Change will just happen. So I'm not here, I don't ever say like, let's change the neck. No, the neck is there. You know, if there's pain in the neck, it's there for a specific reason. I'm not here to change it. Let's ask the neck, let's ask the body, let's ask the higher self, let's see what information we can get and that's 
where that like magical part happens because things become alleviated and, and on their own. So it really isn't about setting an intention to change something in, in my point of view. Other people can have their point of view, of course, but really it's the intention is to just be with what is, you know, just be, let's accept the neck for what's going on with this pain and let's see what information we can get from there. So that kind of leads me into my next question, which is how is your Mm -hmm. style? And you may have already answered this, but how is your style of craniosacral therapy different from other practitioners? Cause you know, it's been in your lineage. It's something that Mm -hmm. you have done so naturally. It is that amongst many things, one of your gifts and, you know, our gifts manifest in different ways based on who we are as individuals. So, um, what, how would you describe your style that to someone that when you say like, it's different from other people? Yeah, let's see. Um, again, I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to speak for everybody else, but my style, it is, a very intuitive style. So it's interesting because yes, I do craniosacral. So craniosacral seems to be the word that I needed to use for people to initially find me. And when you come to me for hands-on work, because I also do work at a distance, but when you come for hands-on, the placements, the hand placements, and a bit of the subconscious work is what is taught in craniosacral, but with everything I grew up around and what I've been taught and all the other various forms of schooling and self-taught and other trade schools that I've been to, I basically bring a giant bag. I call it my bag of tricks, but it's not tricky. It's just my, you know, my little bag of tricks. And so I don't know what we're going to use in this bag until I'm with that person. So um, it doesn't just stick to craniosacral and it will, we use various modalities and thought forms to do the work. So I guess the way I would answer that I'm different is that it's not just craniosacral it's I you you get various forms things that don't even have names to it things that just come um I and I suppose it's just a very I do because I practice using my intuition daily and for multiple hours a day I've just learned to trust things so I um I have been for a while now working on developing all those abilities like they call them Claire abilities so the ability to see things and hear things and feel things and they come in many different forms but I just trust those things so when but one of the things I'm pretty passionate about is if I hear something like if I hear a word I don't try to interpret it I'm going to ask you this word keeps coming up what does that mean for you because this isn't about me what what that word means to me can be completely, and that's what I've learned is that it can be completely different for me than it would be for you. So, or even when I see things, sometimes my mind sees is very metaphorical. 
So it'll see certain pictures. And so I'll ask you, what does this mean? I'm seeing, you know, you standing by the edge of a pool and you're putting, you're dipping your toe in and pulling it out. You're dipping the toe in, you know, and that's, what does that mean for you? You know, so that you, it almost, it's like sparks that subconscious to come out. So that's um, one of the things I feel that I definitely have a way of doing is helping the subconscious come out and having people trust the information that comes. And so um, I've also developed a method of questions of how to ask the questions so that the person's subconscious comes in to answer the question as opposed to their thinking brain, which usually just complicates everything and takes what's meant to be simple and makes it chaotic. So that's, that's probably another um, way that I might differ from others is that I created my own way of how to ask the questions to get the information from the subconscious. I, I really admire that. And I'm sure I could learn a lot from that too. With, with family constellation, you know, when you're doing, when you're stepping on the papers that represent certain things, um, certain experiences, certain people, um, when you're within the morphogenic fields, your body starts to make certain movements and you start to have a very somatic experience on the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I tell, like before we even step on the fe- the papers and go into the field, I tell the client, you have to trust yourself. I'm not going to know what you're experiencing. Only, you know, so you may not consider yourself to be intuitive, but I need you to trust yourself deeply. Whatever comes up on those papers is exactly what you're meant to experience. And I'll work with spirit on determining and interpreting what it means. Just tell me everything that you're feeling and sensing. And so I, I really admire that. And I think, you know, we could, I could (laughs) use your guidance eventually one day with yeah. that if you were ever going to be yeah. like a mentor for someone yes. because like honestly Yay. trusting the body um is something yep. that we're not taught to do we're taught to logically no. through everything and make sense of everything we all become so cerebral yeah. meanwhile we're completely disconnected from our bodies and our bodies are screaming at us like they're yeah. like telling us like something is wrong or you're having anxiety but because all of these emotions manifest in such different ways when we're experiencing them we don't know how to logically make sense of them rather than right. just talk to our bodies so yes. i could totally learn a lot more about yeah helping clients trust themselves and trust their bodies and trust the yes. things that their bodies are telling them. Because like you said, at the end of the day, I'm not on those papers. I'm not the person that the, like is the papers representing. And I don't know what that experience means to that client. They have these aha moments because they're the ones having the experience and I'm there to gently guide them. So it sounds like it's yes. very, very similar in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because all these thought systems, they're similar. We just all explain them differently, right? Like the way I understand connecting to the ultimate source is by this way with craniosacral, with the subconscious, blah, blah, blah. You do it, you know, with your methods of, you know, of how you connect all these pieces together. And we... It's of everything almost has these similarities. It's really, it's fascinating. And one thing I want to go back to is 
that part of trusting the self from the moment we come in it's it's like we're taught to give that up we're taught to put our inner knowing into somebody else's hands you know like we basically constantly get told what to do from the moment we come out it happens and it's not a malicious thing you know of course it could be but i mean it's typically done with people's best intentions you know and, and so and that's what gets stuck in the subconscious is those methods that we that are basically pushed and imposed on upon us and they come from parents or caregivers they come from authoritative sources like doctors um if people belong to a religion you know the the clergy people of the religion teachers like all these people are like molding young people into what they want them to be and so the whole process of healing is basically unlearning everything you've ever learned and discovering your own truth and so and when we notice things are disrupted is when usually it's a physical signal it's a physical or emotional signal that we notice we we feel pain we feel pain in the physical body or in the emotional body with either anxiety or depression so those are the signals that are like okay let's figure out our truth now so are you ready <laughs> this is that's how it that goes this is why i wanted to have you on the podcast cuz your information i had goosebumps the whole time you were talking oh. my my next question i guess is in is how many people do you see that come in to see you well how can i word this how many people do you see do you recognize that they're walking around completely unaware of what their bodies are trying to tell them is it most clients is that why clients come to you or is it clients come to you because they kind of have a sense that something's going on like i'm curious to know out of all the clients that you've worked with and you've been doing this for how many years yeah a long time so i mean i i started with craniosacral in 2001 and then received a license in 2003 um but i get all walks of life but because my work has now morphed more into um more of the subconscious stuff i often more often than not attract the people who number 1 understand that there is a connection between the body and the mind and number 2 are looking for a root cause and are wanting help with that they want to they've gone they've tried so many things i can't tell you how many people i get that are like i've tried everything you know i've i've gone to all these people and they can't help me do you think you can you know and so um we just take a different approach of trying to retrieve the information so um i i wouldn't not too many people come in just completely blind to the fact anymore it's like I, because i i feel like my work has evolved it, it now is bringing in those people who are looking for that they're looking for those answers um 80% or more want to do the talking work 
you know, they want to do the talking with the hands-on, you know, and there is a, a small percentage where the nonverbal complete stillness restorative is ultra healing and you still receive information and, um, but that's becoming less and less. So people are coming to me because they know their bodies can heal and, or they, they feel like it might. And they, it's almost like I'm here to hold that space for them. Like, I know your body can heal. So even if you don't believe it, I'll believe it for you. And then when you're ready, you'll catch up, you know, like it is, you know, like I, I hold the space always that we, we can heal anything we truly want to heal. So tell me about the process of like, you're working with a client, they come in, you sit down, do you, you know, I know what you do, but for those who don't know, there's an intake and like, what do you look for in the intake? And remember too, if you're listening, this is specific to Carla and her style and the way she does things. Every craniosacral therapist may not work this way. Um, But what does that process in a session look like with the client? Yeah. So with the hands-on work for an initial session, I do have people fill out an intake form and I like to put in, fill out as little or as much as you want. So that tells me a lot already about people. <laughs> Some people <clears throat> put their entire life story on a two to three page intake. Uh, other people only put their name and the issue that they're coming in for. Um, so it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And that intake process for me, um, I, it's almost for me, it's like putting a puzzle together, you know? So by me asking questions, I'm listening to how they say things or how they answer it and just putting some pieces together. Um, so they initially come in for that intake. My first sessions typically last um, about two hours. So you, we do the intake and then we do the hands-on portion. So for me, that intake process is important so that we're starting to build a rapport together. You know, a lot of this work is about trust. And typically if a person already comes to me, they've already been attracted to me by some way. Most people find me through Google or a Yelp search. And so they're just strictly going off of whether the reviews that they read or my website and something catches their eye or whatever it is, and they are attracted to working with me as opposed to whoever else. So that first face-to-face is super important because then they will they will get a sense. They already, and, and my belief is that they already know what they can do with me before we even start. So this is just the little human process we do of getting to know each other and asking the questions and they're free to ask me questions. And because um, many people, it is their first time with craniosacral, like the vast majority have never done it. Or they maybe tried it once and and guaranteed I'm not like what they did before, you know? So it's like, okay. And it's really cute when people come in for one thing and they leave with, for something completely different. They're like, wow, I didn't even know that 
was there. It's like, yep. <laughs> so love the unexpected um, surprises always. Yeah. <laughs> it always, always. It's like, it's the funniest thing. Like people, when they go like, oh gosh, what should I expect? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Don't expect anything. That's it, the best. It's a funny response. Yeah. It's a funny response, but it's like coming into one, a session just open to, you know, we always set an intention, you know, but allowing what that looks like to just, and trust that it just always comes through with exactly what you need. I've never, I've never experienced it not. It always, you always get information. You always receive information you can handle. That's the other part too, because some people come in nervous. Um, like what if it's too overwhelming what if it's you know uh, what if i can't handle the information i'm afraid and the body and the mind have this most amazing mechanism to protect they're not going to do that it's not going to do that i'm very sensitive when i hear a person where it's like okay i know i can tell when people are blocking themselves and that's for a reason i'm not here to push i don't have an you know, agenda. There is no agenda. You know, it's being really in tune with what's going on. And if that person, if they're blocked, if that information is being blocked, that's for a particular reason. And so we can always have trust that you'll never receive information you can't handle. It just, it doesn't happen. You so, always get the healing you need. Yeah. That's what I tell people in family constellation. Mm -hmm. And people will ask mm -hmm. me, how many sessions do you think I need for family constellation? Should I get a package? Should I get one at a time? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, you could do one and it'll change your whole damn life. And you'll never need another mm -hmm. session again. And for that, I wish you your highest and best good. Cause I think that's amazing. I've mm -hmm. had clients like that before, or mm -hmm. There's people that need five sessions and it's just because mm -hmm. the healing has to happen in stages and it can't all mm -hmm. happen at once. So your body mm -hmm. and your subconscious and all of that, everything we're talking about, it's so synonymous with what we do in family constellation. Yes. It just, yeah. you're going to get the healing that you're ready to receive in that day and forcing the healing to happen. As you're saying, it never ends well. I've had clients right. who want to push and force and make the field bigger and do bigger constellations and have more papers. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's Let's just work on the root cause first and then we can yeah. onion everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's super important. It's not, and as a helper, it's, it's really, I think in everyone's best interest to be sensitive to that and, and in a gentle way, be able to approach someone who wants this aggressiveness um, you know, being able to be like this, you know, everything is perfect. Whatever we have, this is perfect. You know, there is no more. That whole concept of more never even truly exists in the present moment. So what the information that we have in the moment is exactly perfect and what we need. So I wanted to touch a little bit on your journey with becoming a subconscious facilitator. And mm -hmm. I find it so badass when people are uh, work with the Akashic records, because the Akashic mm -hmm. records, if 
you only work with them if you're deeply called to it. Like I have studied them and I've been in the Akashic records for myself before. And I remember asking my guides, like, am I meant to work with the Akashic records? And since the last two years, it has always been no, like Mm. the Akashic records are, in my opinion, I get goosebumps when I talk about them. They are probably the most sacred part of a spiritual journey is tapping in to the Akashic records. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the journey of the becoming the subconscious facilitator and any, anything you kind of want to touch on with that? Cause I feel like that's such mm-hmm. a huge part of what you do, but then I would love to get into, if you're comfortable talking about the Akashic records, because one, not a lot of people know what they are, unless they're like very highly into the spiritual stuff. And two, what is it like yeah. working with, I'm, I'm selfishly yeah. wanting to know, like, what is it like yeah. working within yeah. them? Yeah. Yes. So I'll get to the Akashic records. And so the subconscious facilitation in at the Uplander Institute, they have courses and titled somato emotional release. So basically it's ways of connecting with the subconscious through hands-on work so we were taught a little bit um and it honestly doesn't go too deep so i and this is not it's not this is not a negative thing because the uplander institute is fantastic um but they did leave me like i don't feel like i know like i don't truly understand what's going on and it wasn't until basically the the shutdown where we were forced to close our practices where I um, attempted to do the hands-on work but the talking part at a distance so that's kind of a fascinating story because it actually started before the shutdown the year before the shutdown so in 2019 um, I had one of my clients come in telling me you can do your work at a distance. And I was, I'm the best at blocking myself. I'm like amazing at being my own self block. It's so funny. I just find it. I'm like, oh God, I'm so cute all the time. And so it's, I was like, no, craniosacral is a hands-on technique and there's no way I could do this. And she's like, no, you can, you can. Until finally one day she came in for a session and she brought in this creepy little mannequin. He was like, it looked like a little boy mannequin. And we called him Manny. And she's like, do the session as if you're doing it on him. And, you know, and I'll be like, she had, there was this other person there and they're like, see, put her, put this woman in the corner and just do the session as if she's on the table. And the first thing I do is I put my hands on people's feet and I start scanning the body and feeling any type of physical resistance. The trippiest part, and then my mind also lights up in different areas of where I'm supposed to go to. And it totally happened. When I put my hands on this little mannequin, instantly my eyes like mine's eye lit up the spots and I was like whoa okay let's just go with it let's see what happens and so then I I just cued the person my mind is going to you know your right knee so let's just put the intention on the right knee 
So I put my hands on the mannequin's right knee and my hands started moving the way it does when I do craniosacral. And I'm like, why are my hands moving? You know, I'm like freaking myself out, you know? And then all of a sudden my hands come to an abrupt stop, which often happens in a somato-emotional release process. We call it a significance detector. It's a significant moment. And that's when I would ask what's going through your mind. And what was amazing was that the woman I was working with was like, oh my God, the whole time I was trying to, I wanted to work on something. I kept thinking of, because she was thinking of her boss the whole time. But as soon as a shift happened, her mind went into thinking of a new career venture. And so that's how the subcon it started working. So we started going into the questions and, um, and all of that. So for a little while, I would take Manny home and do, I asked a couple people if they wanted to do sessions. I was like, Hey, I haven't, I don't know what I'm doing. Would you be willing to just have fun with me? And every single session was absolutely mind blowing. Like I honestly couldn't believe it, but I did have to get rid of Manny because it, it was just too much. He, it was like, you could see him out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> it was like, ah, you know, and there he was. <laughs> and, and then my whole, we would play these tricks. Like my husband would put it right behind the door of one of my children's bedrooms. So when the kid would open, we'd freak <laughs> out. And then one of my daughters would put them on the toilet. So when I would open up the room, there's Manny. I was like, okay, we're, we're done with Manny. That's enough. <laughs> it's too much. It was like, a, it was just, it was a funny little thing. So then I bought, I just went to the dollar store and got this little pillow because what I realized is like, I could use anything, you know, really. Um, and it was just to put my hands on something to feel the shifts. And um, so I graduated to the pillow and, but I wasn't confident. I wasn't, it felt too far out for me, even though it was fully flowing and, and working. And it was just this thing with my own self-limiting belief of like, no, no, it's too, it's too weird. And even though I love weird now, but it's, I, and so I wasn't. And so when the shutdown happened, it was like, okay, what are you going to do, Carla? Are you just going to not make any money? No, you know, not be able to provide, you know, your portion for the family or you can try this thing that you've been trying for the last year um, here and there. And so I had all these amazing clients who were willing to do it because they did do the talking work with me. Session, I would take notes, what the questions were coming through, um, how to ask the questions, what were important. What, and, and so I took these really detailed notes and it really wasn't until, because I'm trying to figure out what am I doing? What is this? What are we even doing? You know, like, I don't even understand. And it wasn't until one of my clients was like, well, you're working with the subconscious and you're dealing with that. And it, I don't know why I never thought of it, but it was like, oh, is that what I'm doing? And then, so I went down the rabbit hole of what is the subconscious and what are we doing? And, and I was like, oh my God, it totally is. And then that shifted entirely for me and taking on like, yes, this is what I'm doing. I'm working, you know, to help people 
bring the information deep from within their subconscious with these methods of questions and this technique of how to ask the questions. And so, so that the person automatically trusts what they're thinking, seeing, and believing. And um, so that with the subconscious, that's how that has been developing. I keep um, learning. So at that time, it was just doing distance work for a few months. Um, and then, you know, things were going back to whatever we call normal. Um, and so now it was weaving all the information that I figured out in the distance work now gets implemented with people who are hands-on on the table. So there is no, I can't separate, you know, it's not an either or thing, you know, like you get distance work and that's the technique you get, you get hands-on work and that's the technique you get. No, now it's like, that's where the bag of tricks comes in. You know, it's like, what do we need for today? And so it all becomes a blend of one thing. So, um, and that's been, that's been a fascinating process because I learn new things all the time about the subconscious and how a person's subconscious works. And it's, in my experience, um, it's this fascinating and what I keep always hearing. And when I say hearing from wherever it comes from, um, is that it's simple. Keep it simple. Help people to remember that this is simple. So when they start making it complicated, help them remember that it really is simple. It's not complicated. And so that's one of the things I feel I'm, I can be helpful with is simplifying and, um, and, and coming and receiving answers and empowering them to receive their own answers. So, so that's the work it, with the subconscious. Yeah. Well, I find it <laughs> fascinating that, um, it was so out there for you because it, it <laughs> no, because honestly, you're so intuitive and you're so good at working with the subconscious. But in Reiki and level two Reiki, we learn the Honshase Shonen, which is the hand, Japanese hand symbols for doing long distance healing. And when we do that, mm. we call in the higher self of the person and we ask for permission and we use our intuition mm. to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. when we do that healing. So do you work, do you, do you call in the higher self of the person when you're doing it? Or do you just kind of set the intention and that's kind of the, your way of calling in the person's higher self? Yeah. The intention is always that we're working with the higher self, you know, whenever, um, before each client, the way I even set up the room before or my space, before that person even comes in, is about clearing the space entirely and only allowing whatever is needed for that person's greatest and highest good. And then I, I call in my helpers, the one that I believe, you know, help me help protect my perimeters and how, you know, I connect with one of my, um, I guess you can call it guides, um, but, the one that helps me see things, hear things, feel things so that I can better, you know, help whoever is to come in. And so the intention is already set that that's what we're doing. We are working with the highest self because that's where the information, um, the truth lives. The truth lives in that area of the higher self. 
Um, this is, I just love this information so much. This is just, I mean, honestly, I feel like people have to experience a craniosacral session in order to really understand the impact. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's it's a very experiential experience. So that's the problem with explaining it. <laughs> it's like your experience will more than likely not be what somebody else experiences. And even your second experience will not be like the first experience. You know, they, they have similarities, but it's like, it's such an experience that even when people will experience a profound either transformation or shift, and when they try to verbalize it, it's like almost like it gets lost. It's oh, like, thousand ah, it, because it's, yeah, it's because the words, it's just so funny because words are, um, it's almost like there are no words. We try to find the words to define this experience, but it's more than that because it's a felt sense. It's this whole other realm that we work with that has nothing to do with words. And it's so much deeper and beyond words. It's often inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's always been the part of like, like all those courses I take of like, do your, you know, couple second elevators pitch. Like, what do you do? I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I hate that thing. I, yeah, it's impossible I do to do it for family constellation <laughs> yeah. too. Like yeah. people will be like, so like, tell yeah. me like, why'd you leave your last job? Like, what do you do now? And I'm like, oh, I do family constellation therapy. And people have, for my old job, I've been like, well, what is that? And I'm like, how do I explain this? I was like, uh, well, basically, so like we look at your family system and then we like clean up ancestral trauma, but like we do it with like epigenetics. We also do it with like the body. And then there's like this morphogenic field and people, by the time I go morphogenic field, people are like, what the fuck (laughs) you do? It's something to be be experienced for sure. Um, what is the most common myth about craniosacral therapy? that you have found? The most common myth, I would say, well, the first thing that comes in, and I'm always a big believer of going with the first thing is that it doesn't work. You know, that it's just quackery that don't ever, or if you feel inspired, (laughs) don't believe it. If you look up craniosacral, one of the first things that comes up is a Wikipedia and it's horrific in the way that it explains it. Um, <laughs> I need to ba- Google this now. It's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's basically, oh, this is a crock of shit. You know, people, it, it's horrible. I don't even remember. I, I remember reading it a long time ago and being like, oh, great. So that's going to be people's first experience because it comes up on the first page wikipedia has you know some of the highest where it comes up on the first page so um i think that would be the number one myth is that it just doesn't work uh i think and this doesn't just apply to craniosacral but another myth is that you have to it has to be forceful in nature and or and very manipulative like you know, no pain, no gain, you know, or something like that, like where it's like manipulation um, in order for something to correct itself and heal. 
where Quirinius Acral is the complete opposite of that. Um, so yeah. yeah, those are some of the things where it's like, eh, I, I don't agree with certain things. And, um, but yeah, just even the fact that, and I love, uh, this is a fascinating one too, where people, because uh, many people are turned off by the word energy. And so, which I'll be completely honest, I am too at times. Um, just because I think it's because of areas I grew up in. I grew up in very open areas. I grew up in Santa Cruz. So, I mean, hippie shit to the max. You know, like I, I've always been blessed with living with very open areas, living on Maui for almost 20 years. That's like, ooh, you get all kinds of floaters. Um, and, and, and so that's what I associated. And then even, you know, living here in Encinitas right now, um, my mind connects energy work with being ungrounded, floating off in space. And that's just, that used to be my experience. And so when people they are calling craniosacral energy work which yes of course it is everything we do is energy so of course it would be energy work but often people are using that term in the sense of you know that nothing's really happening you're just working with you know like how could it be concrete we can't prove everything you can't prove it if you can't prove everything with the science-based background, then that means it's not valid, you know? And there is quite a bit of science. I, I highly recommend anybody who wants to know more about craniosacral, they can go to the Upledger Institute website and you can find out all kinds of sciencey things about it. But yes, craniosacral does have, it does have a very energetic component along with a very science-based background. I think that's what Dr. Uplander really tried to do was to apply science to a very energetic modality. So I'm getting better with the term energy. <laughs> so, yeah. It's overly you know, used a lot. It is. Yeah. It is. Totally. Um, yeah. And you know, for me, it is, I completely believe, obviously that it's not about believing it is what it is. Energy is everything. Mm -hmm. that we are and that we do. Mm -hmm. And so it's not even about believing in it, you know, it, it, it is, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. There is no, you know, so by the way, the things like people kind of dismiss it in a way. Yeah. Well, I think like yeah. we said, it's like an experience. Um, we didn't even touch on the Akashic records. Do you want to oh, yes. touch on that real quick? Cause so I'm like, there, yes, I do. <laughs> So what's fascinating is I had no idea about the Akashic Records until very recently. And um, it was one of those things where like literally kept flying in my face. So in one week, I had several clients talk about it. A random person from Hana, where I used to live in Hawaii, like started talking about it. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I, what is this word? And then somebody else brought it up. I was like, okay, I go into Barnes and Noble, boom, Akashic records for dummies kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I'll just buy the book, you know? And then this simple book 
was it was all about the subconscious and past lives and doing all this stuff and i was like wait a minute this sound this sounds familiar it was like this weird like inner knowing of like huh this is interesting and just by chance another friend was like oh yeah several years ago i got a you know a reading from this woman i looked up the woman and this is all in a week period and i looked up the woman she had courses she only she wrote on her website like i only offer courses in the akashic records to teach people how to be a guide um twice a year so if you want to know when get on my email list okay got on it doesn't say when they are boom i get this email a little while later that it's going to start within the next week and she only offers them twice a year <laughs> i was like Okay, I'll, I'm obviously I am supposed to do this. So that was an amazing um, eight week course of three days a week of working this woman, her name is Anne Marie Pizarro. She is incredible, um, a beautiful teacher and Akashic record reader and guide. And um, what, fascinated me the most was like oh my god I'm already doing this and I had no idea and so it was like second nature you know um and of course now it was putting different words into my you know mind and consciousness to um be able to access you know different information um so that was, I think, probably one of the most beautiful parts was like, wow, now I have something else, you know, and what that course did, it heightened all my abilities. It heightened my ability to see more, but like in my mind's eye, I, I already had these things, but what it did, it just amplified everything. I can hear better. I can feel, I feel in my body, like information. And so that course really heightened it. And um, I'm a very visual person. So the way I see the Akashic records is fascinating and the different guides and how they come to me and what they look like. And I laugh at myself all the time for what my mind comes up with. You know, it's like, I guess that's just how I wanted to see it, you know, and like one of the uh, like Archangel Gabriel, I didn't even know. See, a lot of times I don't know any of this information and I just hear things. So I kept hearing the word Gabriel. I don't know what it represented. I don't have this vast knowledge in these archangels. I don't have this vast knowledge in all these guides and goddesses and deities and things. I don't. So half the time I'm surprised, just as surprised as anybody else when things come into the awareness. I'm like, wow, who is that? You know, like, and I'll just hear, and now, you know, because I've heard of them before, but I don't ever look them up. You know, it's like, it, it is, it is what it is. I finally one day looked up Gabriel and he was one that helps you hear messages. I was like, oh, no fucking wonder he's always here, you know, like, hey, but the funny, I think one of the funniest parts, he always comes to me as he's like this buff dude, shirtless with his tight little jeans and his wings. And I'm always like, oh, hey. I love when <laughs> so, guides and angels for, show us like how they want us to see them. Like I had a guide so. who was 
<laughs> I had a guide once who ended up um, becoming her version, her true self eventually. But the only way that she knew I would accept her as my guide, and she was only in for yeah. like a couple of years and she recently like moved on people who are listening are going to be like, Catherine, you're crazy. But no, I swear we all have guides. We all have people <laughs> that come in. I yeah. was really into watching RuPaul's Drag Race yes. and um, Coco Montrese was like my favorite on the season I was watching. Oh, and funny. so I would yes. feel this, I would feel the name Marion and I would, and I sensed that I had this guide who was this basically yeah. the 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 embodiment of Coco Montrese yes and then yes. one day I said can you just please show me like exactly who you are and it was actually like a Greek woman and she was actually mm. my she said my name is Mariana but like I needed I'm here for a very specific purpose and you're not right. you weren't ready to receive it at that time but you were re- ready to receive this version of me and I thought yeah. it was so weird and then I ended up listening to um, Shaman Durek. Do you know who he is, Shaman Durek? No, I don't. No, he's like a, he's a shaman. Basically, he's like big on social media. But he did a whole um, like a whole course on guides, and he said guides will show you themselves as you're ready to receive them until they're ready to be in their fullest form. And sometimes they never will be in their fullest form. But yeah. I love that you see Archangel Gabriel with like the tight oh my God. things because oh that's God. the way that you're going to receive him best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so. I guess yeah. I no. Yeah. See the, the shirtless buff guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who, who knows? Maybe he really does look like that. <laughs> I, you know who? Yeah, exactly. So it, I mean, even other ones like going through the course and being taught Archangel Metatron is the one that, you know, receives you at the, you know, doors of the records. And for me, he's always beast from Beauty and the Beast. I can't, it's like, I don't, I didn't, well, obviously I made it up, but it's like, that was not my intention. You know, I like, I don't know what it was. And that's always who, when I get to the doors and how I get received, it's always, you know, beast from beauty and the beast so that's so funny because whenever I see Metatron I also see him as like a scraggly haired dude too like I see Archangel Metatron as like a scraggly long black hair like kind of just like this yeah like almost like beastly with human form and just kind of just like yeah like I'm here to just like fuck shit up in the best way like that's how I imagine (laughs) him to be yeah that is so interesting Uh, yeah it's Akashic records so for people who are listening who don't know what the Akashic records are for um Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding is that it's a it's essentially a part of a dimension on the other side that is like a library and it holds the information of every life you've had, every lesson in every life, everything that you're meant to learn, your purpose in every life, like the relationships, the karma, like it holds, it's basically a library of every life that you've ever lived and you like walk through these doors, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and, and just to add to that, cause that's beautiful, that description, but it's every life you've lived past, present and future. So it's all the things, you know, it does, oh. it's unlimited, oh. you know, so it's not just the past. Oh. It can be parallel. It can be future and beyond. So it's, I love that. I love yeah. that. We're so, we're, yeah. I grew up in a, in a Catholic household and there's parts of Catholicism like it introduced me to mother Mary and she's one of my guides. So cool. Yeah, like, I love, love yeah, her. love her. <laughs> so happy. Like, you know, whatever, but like, 
in Catholicism, you're, you're shown this like one path of like life is linear and it looks black and white and it just looks a certain way. And what I love about spirituality is that there are no rules and it is so dynamic Mm -hmm. and it is so flowy and it is so intuitive and it's just so like, yeah, I just think it's so beautiful. So when you're working with the Akashic records, consulting with someone, are you basically taking them through meditation into the Akashic records, having them look Mm -hmm. at the doors, having them describe to you what they see, or are you, Mm -hmm. are you just guiding them or are you receiving information also? So that's very interesting. Um, I've only done the consult from my point. So what, how I was taught, um, we open up every session with these specific prayers to set the intention that I am able to receive. I'm receiving the information for you. So if you were to come to me for a consult, you would come with questions. And on my website, I have a little more very simplified version of what the Akashic records are and how to prepare for a session, um, like kinds of questions you could ask. Um, so after setting the intention and asking permission of to receive whatever information that I'm allowed to receive for you, you would begin by asking me a question and I would go into your record. So to me, that's one of the biggest differences between the craniosacral and the distance work that I do is that I am helping you get the answers where with the Akashic record consulting is you're asking me to go into your record to retrieve the information that's in your record. That's very interesting. I, I've not heard that method before. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I should do one with you. I feel like I, the last time I went into the Akashic records, I, was with two of my guides and was looking in this book and I was like in this oasis. And then I came out and I remember walking down the stairs of the Akashic records, like outside after you like leave the librarian mm-hmm. and all of that. And mm-hmm. I remember like my guides were there and I was like, this is so cool. How come no one ever <laughs> told me this existed? Like it was right? so fucking cool. Like, and it is honestly a privilege and an honor to be able to go into yeah. the Akashic records and it's oh, a, totally do it with someone who, you know, that you trust. And I would, I and would, everything never... has a record, right? Yeah. Like, so I learned because I'm in the process of writing a book that my, this is not mine. It's the book. Um, I try to refrain from ownership of things, but um, this book has a record. So when I, I want to retrieve information for this book. I go into the Akashic records of this book to have the record keeper show me and tell me and what this book entails, you know, like what's in this book, you know, what's something I need to know right now about this book so that I, you know, so everything has a record. Every possible thing has a record. So it is fascinating. I love it. And everybody has the ability to do it. So yeah. it's not that, um, you know, like you, you're able, you know, to retrieve it. So, um, well, if you get I permission from the librarian, yeah, right. Right. And that's what it's all about. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about getting permission. That whole thing is 
which of course is when people come in for my sessions, for the hands-on sessions, it's all about the permission, you know? And that's why sometimes even when I'm doing a consult, an Akashic consult with somebody, sometimes I don't get the information and, you know, it's like, I wasn't allowed to see that part for you, you know, and there's nothing I can do. It wasn't for me to relay the information to you, you know, and it's, it's, thank you there. I've done several of those consults and it's cute when people don't like the information or they're like, I don't want to do that. Or I don't like what I hear. And it's like, yeah, well, I had those yeah. too. Trust me, I had those too. But the last yeah. one that I went in was such a fun experience, and I was like, I, yeah. I need to be very careful next time yeah. I go in. I need to be ready for the information. Yeah. And even now, when I ask myself, "Am I ready to go in?" I hear no. I just, yeah. I think that it's, yeah. just, it's a very, it's, it's a very specific piece yep. of information you're receiving, and you have to be fully mm-hmm. ready to accept it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I get to tell people too, is like, this is just information too, for you. You know, you still get to choose in your little world of 3d life. uh, You have choice, you know, you have this idea that I don't have to choose that, but you asked a question and this is what the record keeper showed me and said, we love the human mind. Yes. We're so, I swear, it's just, we're adorable. We are so, it's like, oh gosh, I have so much compassion for myself and everyone else. I feel like our guides look at us and they're just like, oh, human version of you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always dealing with the human version, especially in the Akashic records. I'm Mm. like, I'll receive information and it's like, oh my God, am I really going to say that to them? Like, I can't say that. They're like, yeah, you have to. And I'm like, but I don't want to. That's rude. You know, and then I have to literally almost pick up Carla, human Carla, go sit in your own little, you know, go have a spa day over here and then come back to what and just kind of say it. And every time people are appreciative and that's exactly what they needed to hear. But I still get in my own way. I still um, question. I'm like, oh God, really? That's what I'm going to say that, you know? Well, spirit can be savage too. I've learned that like spirit is is so rooted. Direct. Oh yeah. It's direct. Spirit is so rooted in truth. Like they are so rooted in like absolute Mm -hmm. truth that like it will be delivered with like the best of intentions, but like spirit doesn't hold back. Like I had a mentor once who was like, yeah, spirit's being an asshole right now. And I was like, yeah, they are being assholes right now. This is not easy for me. Yeah. No, they don't fuck around. And if that's how people need to hear it, then that's how people need to hear it. Sometimes we need to hear things, you know, in a certain way. And other times, you know, it's just, you know, people can be, they relate to the words in different ways. And so it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I can't help what comes out. Yeah. So, yeah, and totally. I've learned to trust it, even though, even if I have to take a moment and remove myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thanks for touching on that for a little bit because yeah, I just totally definitely. out over Akashic Records. But um, back to no, craniosacral, a couple more questions for yes. you. Um, yeah. So in a craniosacral therapy session, and I'm going to use this word everyone very, 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 very lightly, but is. Yeah quote unquote, everyone 
always going to walk away from a session feeling feeling like lighter and brighter? Or do you find that there's an integration period of like a few days where the body and the mind and the sympathetic or parasympathetic or the, basically the nervous system, they're all mm-hmm. kind of just integrating together? Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so like you said, it's not, it can't be an everyone thing because everybody's going to have this experience you know, it's very experiential. So their experience is going to be unique to themselves. There, I, there does seem to be typically a broader sense. Um, I want to use the word peace. Although what I like to um, also let people know, it's, it's as if we just completely shook up a snow globe, you know? So even though I can tell there's peace. I still, these things could be swirling, just like the pieces in a slow snow globe are swirling, swirling. So some people leave going, okay, so do I need to think about this? Do I need a journal? Do I need to, and I was like, you don't need to do anything because just like, unless you feel inspired, because just like those pieces in a snow globe that are swirling, they eventually settle. And you don't, you're not directing them where to settle. They just do. And so it's, um, there is an integration period and that's going to be individual to everyone and which can take a couple days up to months, you know, some people, it does take months because, um, because it's big information for them. It's life-changing, it's transformative. And once you get information, it's not like it goes backwards. You don't not have the information you have it now. And so, um, it can look like a little maybe jarring when somebody goes home, but realistically there is more often than not what I hear from people is an overall sense of, well, I came in completely chaotic and I'm less of that. It, there's something that's different. Sometimes we can't pinpoint what is different because remember we're simplifying, but something has changed. And so, um, but yes, it's, I always liken a hands-on session to like uh, pressing a play. Okay, so now we just, after the session is done, some of the work gets done in here, but the real work happens when you leave the office and what you're doing for you know the rest of your days and um, how that integrates into your world. Um, so there is an integration process and that's gonna be individual for each person. Um, and some people like to do a lot of work. Like I have people who sometimes will come once a week or even people who come from other places to come do like retreat style where they do several sessions, several days in a row because they're coming from out of state, out of country, out of town. Um, and so they'll do several sessions. So they're, they're a little more because their integration period is going to be less, but it's really when they go back into their setting where they have all this new information to just settle into and navigate. Um, and physically too, there is a, a physical change that happens with hands-on work. And I, I'm also knowing from a distance, physical is going to change too, but with hands-on work, when tissues release, your body, like there, your body is going to be in a different position in space. And so it takes a moment 
for that physical layer to be like, okay, now I'm in a different place in space and how to integrate that. So that sometimes takes a few days to integrate as well. So yes. Um, But I don't ever have people leave and be like, like stressed out or more, you know, intense than when they came in. That doesn't happen because a lot, because of the nature of the work, it is calming. You know, it is relaxing physic on a physical level to the central nervous system. So, um, and what's interesting is like, I actually have no idea how people, unless they tell me. You know, like, I don't know what happens when people leave. Well, I can tell you, I mean, I've had what, like four yeah. sessions with you now, like three, I maybe, yeah, three or four sessions or more. And the first mm-hmm. one was, uh, it made a huge impact on me. The second one was when that, all of that solar plexus stuff started happening. And it's, mm-hmm. it, there is a sense of, I can speak speak on like from my experience it's very much the snow globe effect where you're just like okay so my body feels more calm I feel open-hearted mm-hmm. I feel more acceptance I feel more connected to myself but I still have a lot of things that I need to process before I can fully talk about what this experience is yeah. and my best friend yeah. will always text me afterwards or my boyfriend will be like how was it and I'll be like dude I don't I don't even know what just happened. I just I need like 24 hours to like process this. But what I what yeah. I do love about you is that when you get hands-on, you let me record the session. And um we didn't do it the last mm-hmm. time, but mm-hmm. the time before that is when you were you and I are working together and I happened to accidentally start channeling a mm-hmm. deceased person and that has yeah. that ever happened to you before or that was with little... other people yeah or, um yeah, yeah like just some I mean, random people get connected yeah yeah so different people um have different abilities um and different awarenesses and um I'm telling you, I swear, I feel like I experience miracles on a daily basis and magic. And I am so grateful for the work that I get to do, that I get to be a witness to other people's healing processes, because it's fascinating. It's absolutely, it's like, I am always, I leave my office every day going, wow how does this even, like, this is what I get to do, you know, like, I, I could only hope that everybody feels this way about what they do, that they feel so, but it is, it is to be able to witness people with their gifts, like, we all have gifts, and you have amazing gifts, and to be able to trust those, and get more information of how to work with those gifts, so that they they appear as gifts and not as something that could be draining or taking our energy from us. So yeah, you um, taught me a super valuable lesson. I love when those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And what's wild is even when you talk about it, I'm like, Oh God, what happened? I have an amazing way of disconnecting after a session that I have a, I have trouble remembering. I have trouble remembering what happens in other people's sessions because it's uh, my mother and I, we always joke, like it's 
it's a blessing and a curse. We don't remember a lot, but it's also this extreme blessing of not carrying around things that are no longer necessary within our mental capacities. You know, I remember the important things, but I let go of a lot. <laughs> so I do so that too. Like, I do that in family constellation. People will be like, do you remember in the last one, how this happened? And I'm like, no, yeah. no, I ask spirit to wipe my slate clean so that I don't carry anything yeah. around. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, no, I respect that. I fully respect that. So, so, okay. So I guess my last kind of question is if people want to work with you, how do they find you? And if they aren't in the San Diego area, what do you suggest in terms of working with you? Because honestly, we've covered so much information today and I'm so grateful for you spending time with me and talking. I feel like we could talk for hours. Honestly, I feel like that in every session we have. Yeah, I know. (laughs) there's just so much that you have to teach and I love to learn and soak it all up. So it feels really good to kind of just talk to you and soak it all up, but how can people benefit from working with you? Because honestly, working with you is a huge, it's like, it's like getting a one-up in life. I don't know how to describe it. You're like ahead of the game (laughs) when they work with you. Oh yeah. Well, people, like I said, people tend to find me on a Google search So um, you can also find out a little more of what I do on my website, which is carla-cole.com. And um, so people are able to, if you don't live with around this, you know, radius of San Diego, um, we can do distance work. I also do travel to other places. I often, I go to Hawaii several times a year and I'll do sessions there. Um, A one good way to keep up with what I'm doing is I now started to put out a newsletter. So people can go to my website now and actually I figured out how to put the button on and so they can sign up from my website, uh, the contact page for the newsletter and that will it just keeps up to date of what I'm doing in my business and then other little fun facts. I also love putting out recipes and, you know, other ways of work. Um, as far as hands-on craniosacral, there is a site on the Upledger Institute um, where you can put in your specific zip code and see the different types of practitioners in your area. And that website is I ahp.com. You could also look up um, Upledger, Google Upledger practitioners near me or whatever, and then it'll probably direct you to that link. I'll put it in the show um, notes too. I'll put the, okay. You can, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I get a website. lot of people who, you know, I work with and then they move away to a different area and they're like, how, or I have a sister in Arizona. How could I find somebody? And I'll go on that site and and so what that site will do will show you which classes that person has taken um so if you want to do any type of the subconscious work you're going to look for someone who has taken at least uh, the four main core classes uh through somato emotional release number two so this website shows you all that information so yeah people can contact me they can book directly through the site if people feel the need to um you know need to talk with me first because sometimes that's how people make the connection if you know if we're a good fit um, I'm willing to do you know schedule a, a couple few moment chat there um, 
but yeah, we can do hands-on, we can do distance, we can do Akashic. The Akashic consultations are typically done over Zoom and um, I record them for, and then I send you a private link. So really only me and you have access to them um, because with the Akashic work, it's very fascinating in that the information could be used in that present moment or it might materialize years from now or months from now or weeks from now or however that depending on the question that the person asks right so um so it's fun to have a record if you want you know so I send people their own little private link for that so yeah, yeah. I love that I've I record a lot of my sessions with my healers and I go back and watch them and it's just like I did yeah. a meeting with someone in in March and then I kept getting clues about it now like like things mm-hmm. that were happening now, like almost four or five months. Later. Yeah. So it's really it's fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. It's totally fascinating. So, and I do encourage if people want to, um, you know, record their sessions because that part of our brain where the subconscious comes through, that's when we're using our, you know, right side of the brain, which is very um, open and creative and calming as opposed to, what happens when you're in that space is that the logical side starts to kick in and want to be like, I want to remember this. And how do I remember that? And then you you start losing um, a bit of that subconscious, you know? So um, I always, I, I'm open to people recording their sessions to listen. I do it all the time. Whenever I receive craniosacral, I also work with an amazing regression therapist and have him record everything so that I can completely let go and just allow and trust information to float through. And then I can watch it later if I feel inspired to or not, yeah. or listen later. So, and I love yeah. when healers do their work yeah. with their healers. Every healer has a healer. We're all just circulating oh, yeah. healers. All oh gosh, day I have, I have so many helpers. It's amazing. And so on my website, I've been developing a referral page because, um, there's just so many amazing people. And in my newsletter, I'm always giving shout outs to the people I work with or, you know, things that I enjoy podcasts like this one, I'll be putting on there when it comes out. And, you know, just like, I like when I find good information, I want to share it. So I'm all about, you know, sharing whatever I find. If I find a good um, supplement, or if I find a good movie to watch or a podcast that inspired me or, you know, just any inspiration is what I like to put in my newsletters. I love your newsletters. The first time I got it, I actually used that as inspiration for my first newsletter. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Cool. (laughs) I love that. It has been beyond an honor to have you on here. I, I just really vibe with you, everything that you teach, your values, your work. I've said this before, but I think maybe even doing craniosacral like me learning how to do it on some level would help my clients eventually too with family constellation. And if there's anyone that I want to learn from, it's you. So whenever you have like a school or a mentorship, like I will sign up and totally invested. It is happening. You're tapping into that whole (laughs) wavelength. Um, Not, I probably won't per se be teaching craniosacral because I'm going to leave that to the Upledger Institute because they're fantastic. But there is the bigger picture plan of teaching people this method that I've been developing and creating for the subconscious 
um, which I have, it's, it has a name, it's called Calm with a Q. And it's in, it's coming into play there. I, there's, I have a sanctuary idea that's going to incorporate doing seminars and all these beautiful, wonderful things. And I really look forward to sharing this knowledge that isn't mine. It just happened to come to me and the way I relate it and whoever else, when they hear it, if it's, if it makes sense and resonates with them, I, I am so looking forward to teaching and helping people. So I definitely, I look forward to doing it with you. We'll, we'll obviously be doing it together. Consider me your first <laughs> official student. I will go to Hawaii. You don't have to twist my leg yes. to go to Hawaii and oh, go to a retreat center and go learn about creative oh, sales. So right. I have to get my Yay. training before. I, I just like, I'm such a nerd about learning that I'm like, oh, yeah. if I get to, if that's I the know. only way I can work with you to like learn your method, no. done. I will, I will go do everything I need to do beforehand. But yes, yeah. if you're listening to this, please look into Carla, look into her work, schedule a subconscious session. If you're in San Diego, definitely invest in yourself by going to a hands-on session with her. Carla, it has been beyond a pleasure and an honor to have you on. I feel like I need, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have you on like two or three times. So oh, God. coming on so. podcast, because I know. Literally- I know. And thank you. Thank you yeah. for, this is my first one ever. So it was really special. I so appreciate you even asking me to be a part of it and, um, yeah, like I said, my heart feels super expanded and I'm very happy and excited. So thank Aww, you for yeah. making it a, an amazing, wonderful, comfortable first experience. I'm so glad. And this is just one of a few. I feel like intuitively we're going to do like three <laughs> together. So get used Yay. to it, get comfy with it. But yeah, thank you so Yay. much. I'll put Yay. all of the information in the show notes, everyone, for you to find Carla, to find all of the stuff that we've referenced today. Um, and thanks for coming on. Yay. Thank you. Love you.